What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What's up, everybody? <clears throat> Welcome back. Uh, we have with us today our good friend, David Patrick Harry, uh, Church of the Eternal Logos, as you guys know, on YouTube. We haven't had uh, David on in a while, and I'm glad to have him back. We're going to be talking about some really fascinating stuff that we haven't talked about on this channel in probably several years. So I noticed he did a stream the other day covering a recent hot topic that is all over the internet sphere, the Twitter sphere, the gateway process. Everybody was talking about this 
declassified gateway process document. And it ties into a whole lot of information that is adjacent to it, MKUltra. It ties into Stanford Research Project and remote viewing. It ties into the Stargate program, Yuri Geller, all of this crazy stuff that they were studying in the 1970s. It also ties into lesser known Soviet programs that were basically mirror projects uh, of the same subject matter. But before we get to that, uh, David, would you like to tell us a little bit about your channel, what you do? I know that you know, it's been, I think maybe a year, maybe a few months, six months, a year before, since we've done a show. Mm -hmm. So uh, remind my audience, we have a lot of new people over here in the last year. Um, what you cover, I know your, your, uh, thesis work is also related to this area of, uh, government occult and hallucinogen research. So tell us about what you study and then we'll kind of, we'll launch into this, uh, the, uh, the gateway process and all this craziness. So I have a YouTube channel. Thanks again for having me on, Jay. Uh, it's called Church of the Eternal Logos. I'm an Orthodox Christian. I'm trying to finish up my PhD in which my research focuses on transhumanism. And I talk about a wide variety of topics, usually something adjacent to the New Age, occultism, the use of psychedelics, uh, transhumanism, and New Age spirituality. And that's part and parcel due to my previous background before I became an Orthodox Christian, just my familiarity with all these subjects and these topics. And I had a previous YouTube channel that promoted a lot of that stuff. So I've taken all that stuff down when I created my new YouTube channel. And um, yeah, so my academic research kind of touches on uh, federal funding of some of these what were clandestine or secret operations and how it touches on transhumanism and projects that are still going on of which we're going to be talking about the stargate project and this utilization of remote viewing which we're told ended in 1995 uh due to jimmy carter accidentally stating it publicly that he was uh he used remote viewers to track uh lost aircraft in the congo but um uh, from many people that have been sort of whistleblowers, these projects are still going on. And, and that's really fascinating to look at the sort of spiritual relationship to some of these secret projects, particularly used by the CIA and various intelligence agencies. Yeah, thank you for that. I know that, uh, you know, one of the shows that you and I did a couple of years ago, we went <clears throat> pretty deep into people like Leary, Huxley, um, you know, Dr. Richard Spence that I've interviewed who wrote the book on Crowley, uh, Secret Agent 666, he theorizes that perhaps even the original MKUltra programs might have come out of uh, Crowley's drug diaries because Crowley was writing about these mm -hmm. experiences that he and others are having on various drugs and that this might have actually influenced Huxley, who then played a key role uh, in the British versions of what, what would be known as MKUltra. Um, I think that's very plausible, but that's an immediate tie-in between the occult and uh, drug research. And then we get people like Gordon Wasson uh, at the behest of uh, certain banking institutions and corporate institutions mm -hmm. being funded to go down and study various entheogens and bring back that research. And that really sparks the CIA's uh, quest for, at that time in the 1950s and 60s, a truth serum <clears throat> that then turns into uh, Abby Hoffman and other people kind of moving in the direction of uh, Sandoz Pharmaceuticals and big, the big pharmaceutical corporations trying to synthesize exactly. and create, you know, this, uh, <clears throat> this, pro this, uh, this, uh, 
it didn't end up being a truth serum. It ended up being basically a mind control substance, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Just a way to like wipe minds and, and reprogram people with, you know, Do- Dr. Sidney, Sidney Gottlieb. And so that long story short is a lot of the psychonauts that we think about like, and I know you're after this book because I heard you doing a stream on it. I've got a physical copy. <laughs> I got one oh, too. Got yeah. One. You finally got one. I know you were doing a stream. I finally got one. Yep. To fund it. Yeah. So these MKUltra doctors who some of them are psychonauts like uh, Dr. John C. Lilly with his dolphin fetishes and Dr. Uh, Tim Leary with his <laughs> right pop culture connections and tie-ins and thinking he's the next Crowley. We covered that last time. Anyway, point being is that there's a direct connection between the psychonaut MKUltra CIA doctors and Gottlieb saying, hey, let's start uh, looking at the possibility of remote viewing and and maybe the evolution of the human mind can somehow be tapped into that seems to be where they go. Would you agree with that assessment that it it kind of comes out of the psychonauts? Absolutely. And I think the key point to look in that research is the Esalen Institute, which is a sort of uh, Mecca for new age spirituality and the human potential movement. And so in the early sixties, Dick Price and Michael Murphy found the Esalen Institute there in Big Sur, California, of which the one of the first big speakers they have is Aldous Huxley and Timothy Leary during the early 60s. And this is where Terrence McKenna is going to actually be a sort of uh, residence for his lecture series during the 80s and into the early 90s, talking about psychedelics, the mushroom, aliens, all this type of stuff, transhumanism there. And that's the thing that all that psychedelic spirituality, it's always promoting transhumanism and seeing computers and technology as sort of providing access to these same I would say noetic realms that psychedelics give people access to. And so like the, this is sort of the ultimate book on the Esalen Institute. It's written by Jeffrey J. Kripal, who's the, um, he has a Gnosticism, Esotericism and Mysticism program at Rice University. And he's kind of considers one of the, if not the top Western esoteric scholars in North America and America. And so um, Eric Davis, for example, the author who is a big psychonaut, he did the last interview with Terrence McKenna. He just received his PhD from Rice under Kripal, and Kripal was commissioned to write this book on a sort of ultimate history of Esalen. And once you get into the chapter that's called Sex with Angels, it starts talking about Russell Targ and Harold Putzhoff's research with the Stanford Research Institute um, in regards to remote viewing, astral projection, getting various uh, information gathering techniques through these uh, sort of spiritual pathways. And in this book, he highlights that um, the CIA, NASA, DIA, um, NSA gave the SRI over $20 million. And so exactly. And that all started in the late 60s. And we're told then uh, when we start getting into the Stargate project, that's not till the sort of end of the 1970s, 1978 specifically. And then as we're told, this ends in 1995. However, many people speculate that it's still going on. And you shared a great article with uh, regarding ex-KGB people uh, accessing these remote technologies. And again, Kripal talks all about this because Michael Murphy, who, again, the owner of the Esalen Institute, writes a personal book that's fiction, but it's about, again, these um, remote viewers and and how the USSR and the USA were having these sort of secret programs. 
and that they were doing remote reviewing um, projects again in the early 70s and that it comes with like an erotic <coughs> component. So in his book, he talks about how some of these remote viewers will be sort of possessed and that they'll get, you know, hard ons and they'll have these erotic encounters. And again, that's where I would say coming from a Christian Orthodox perspective, this does look like an encountering of demonic entities. And when we look at the gateway process, when we look at the Stargate project, all of them describe how the remote viewers come in contact with various uh, ethereal entities that can give them further information about things. Yeah, and if people think that's uh, crazy or far-fetched, I mean, I've got, and we've, we've done lectures on these books on my channel over the years. Again, Dr. John C. Lilly is one of the key characters here because as a psychonaut, <clears throat> um, in his autobiography, which we've covered, the introduction is written by Timothy Leary. And Leary says that basically, uh, if you want to understand... <clears throat> who John C. Lilly is, he says, quote, he's another Alice, uh, Aldous Huxley, another Alistair Crowley. So he, he actually mm -hmm. says that that's who this guy is. And then when you read the book, this actually goes into, I mean, again, a lot of these people, we can't trust them because they, they're also liars, right? So right. we don't know that everything they're saying is true, but even if we read it with, uh, you know, take it with a grain of salt, I mean, the whole book is about John C. Lilly discussing his work in terms of implantable brain chips, implantable RFID microchips, not just in monkeys or dolphins, but also in terms of humans. And you can see his 1952 designs for the various brain chips that he had come up with. Um, he was also studying ELF, VLF brainwaves and weaponizing mm -hmm. those brainwaves, which again, we hear often that, oh, this doesn't exist. The military, the CIA, they don't do... Uh, psychotronic weapons. I mean, even though they were had, you know, their people studying it according to their autobiographies right. back in the 1950s and 60s, which is ridiculous. But for those and, that don't know, that's one of the things that one of the things that we mentioned before is the U.S. still claims that psychotronic weapons don't exist and they're not efficacious. However, Putin in 2012 made a public statement that Russia does have psychotronic weapons. Other powers have them and they're continuing to develop them. So I just want to throw that in for people that think that's crazy. We have, again, Putin's on public record saying that they have them and they exist. Yeah, it's just that our government just assumes that our public is so stupid that they can just say whatever they want and we'll believe whatever they say, even if it's completely ridiculous. Now, the other thing I wanted to say to tie into what you're talking about is this time, this perfectly backs up what you're talking about. <laughs> John C. Lilly has a lesser known book called Programming and Metaprogramming in the Human Biocomputer. Mm. And this ties into transhumanism because he basically is arguing that the human brain is just kind of a biological meat sack computer. And through LSD and through mind control research, you can actually wipe the brain and reprogram it. And he even talks about doing this to children. There's a whole section, a whole chapter where he talks about uh, abusing basically children, but oh, it's but it's for science, so it's not actually abuse. It's not, but remember, the same people behind this are the same people that funded Alfred Kinsey's Rockefeller uh, funded research <laughs> to, to uh, yeah. abuse um, youth, right? Yeah, <clears throat> through uh, really just you can't even really talk about it, it's not appropriate to even talk about, but it's the worst stuff you could think of. So that's who we're dealing with here. We're dealing with people who are actually demonically possessed, and in the autobiography. There's a chapter where he actually says, when I was in the float tank, this is the same guy behind 
doing uh, high doses of ketamine and LSD or whatever and floating mm-hmm. in the float tank, right? To get the, He's the float tank guy. He says, uh, <coughs> I would frequently have meetings with these entities, these beings that would come to me and they would give me ideas. He says they would give me uh, inspiration, right? For various types of technology to develop. Now, maybe he's lying. Maybe that didn't happen. A lot of people do relate, though, in their experiences of high doses of hallucinogens to have interactions with entities. I had a bad trip the first time I did acid. I saw a being of light that communicated to me. What, whatever you think of that, the point is that these people do relate and do claim that it does give them a degree of inspiration and input when it comes to various <laughs> projects that they work on. So that's, again, hard factual claims from direct people involved in these projects that they think they're getting the, the machine elves are teaching them you know how to how to to, to do things <laughs> absolutely the entire career of terence mckenna is based on him and his brother taking mushrooms for over two weeks for every single meal um and he claims that's where he got all his ideas in the early 70s in the amazonian jungle between peru and brazil and he claims it was uh, the self-transforming machine elves, the the UFOs. He has all these weird stories from there, but his entire career is based on that. Yeah, Lil- Lily's description of the beings that come to him sound suspiciously just like the aliens and what they come and tell people, <laughs> right? Which is suspiciously right. just like everybody's descriptions of DMT trips, too. Um, they always say, oh, uh, start a world government and uh, have a one world religion. And then, uh, you know, if you depopulate, then we'll help you uh, have world peace. Right. That's always the promise of the, <laughs> exactly of the clockwork elves. Right. Which is just suspiciously the same thing as what demons and the fallen angels would say. But um, right. Is that I mean, and for is that what you come say, across to in your research yes. is this demonic element? Absolutely. And for today's topic, when we look at these great remote viewers, particularly uh, Joseph McMonagall, he's he's the greatest one that's still living. He's been used for multiple operations due to the declassification of some of these projects. And what one of his biggest interests is unidentifiable flying objects. And it's like, why is it that, again, when we go into this research, the UFOs, aliens, it always kind of comes up and all these people believe that they're sort of... Uh, there's this existence of these extraterrestrial species from different planets and that they're able to contact them and gain information. So it's, it's the same narrative over and over and over. And it's the same spiritual paradigm over and over and over. And we're going to see today that it's about this sort of, uh, that this sort of disintegration with your body. So like explicitly in the statement of the, uh, gateway program, their gateway affirmation that they'd have all the remote viewers say before they would start these projects is I am more than my physical body because I am more than physical matter. I can perceive that which is greater than the physical world. I deeply desire to expand and to experience, to know, to understand, to control, to use such greater energies and energy systems as they may be beneficial and constructive to me and those who follow me. Also, I deeply desire to help and cooperate with the assistance, the understanding of those individuals whose wisdom, development, and experiences is equal to or greater than my own. I ask for their guidance and protection from any influence or source that might provide me with less than my stated desires. And 
this whole thing is about whether it be psychedelics and we're all one and the illusion that whoever you think you are, your name or your family, all this is a it's Maya, it's illusion and that you have to transcend it. You have to become enlightened. And we see the same thing with the remote viewers, that they're not their body, that this is an illusion, that they're like pure consciousness. And whether it be Leary, whether it be McKenna, whether it be psychedelic spirituality nowadays, neo shamanism or here with the art government's remote viewing projects it's the same paradigm and i believe that's the same entities they're contacting yeah i like too that you mentioned eslin because eslin is key to seeing how the 1960s counterculture was not a purely organic anti-establishment movement in fact it was a sort of top-down uh pentagon dia darpa you know all of those entities are actually directly connected yep. into and founding and funding uh, the Esalen Institute, which, which I, I mean, in my estimation, it seems to kind of be like the the brains, the think tank behind the 1960s counterculture movement, uh, because they really bring in all of these uh, big, powerful, you know, new thought leaders at the time. You mentioned Huxley, yep. Deepak Chopra eventually gets involved in Esalen, all yep. the big kind of new agers that we all think about. Um, so again, pointing out that that you know Esalen is a key way to see that. Uh, this is a mass cultural engineering shift that's done on purpose. And it's not accidental that it's uh, the Stanford Research Institute that also puts out changing images of man, their famous white paper about how the future of uh, America and Western civilization will be in the retooling and reprogramming of Western man to see himself and to see nature in radically different ways. So this includes all types of alternative thought alternative lifestyles. Uh, we think of Alvin Toffler, one of the global elite at that time in the 1970s, writing about how they would tie alternative lifestyles and alternative diets into a new, more uh, eco-friendly, green climate agenda. They were planning this stuff decades ago. So the point is that all of this stuff, <clears throat> it's not that every aspect of it or every person is an agent, but rather that they steer these cultural movements for the purpose of social engineering. And we're going to see that today because all the new age stuff, all the yoga chicks on Instagram that you see, <laughs> right, they couldn't be here without these Pentagon goobers that we're talking about. Absolutely. So let's get Absolutely. into this first one. Let's move to the, the, the one that I know the least about because it's more recent. I haven't really looked into it. I did mm -hmm. listen to your podcast on this. And of course, uh, uh, Kotel uh, Church of Eternal Logos is linked in the show description. I couldn't fit his uh, thing in there with my long title. Um, but if you guys want to follow him, be sure and follow him over on his channel. He is linked in the show description. And I want to remind you guys, too, uh, we've got a nice uh, cozy 539 people over here in the chat. Um, if you guys would support the stream via Super Chats, and Super Chats on this channel are done through the Streamlabs. Uh, we've not had Super Chats enabled over here on YouTube for about five years. So you can support the show and ask questions right there through uh, the Streamlabs function. And yes, Pentagon Yoga Pants PSYOP is what I was getting at. Thank you to the people in the chat. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so, how do we, so let's say, we, how do we get to the Pentagon uh, Yoga Pants PSYOP on Instagram? Well, we first had to have all of these old, uh, 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 even though this is not the first chronologically speaking, uh, program. This is the gateway process. So let's tell us about the gateway process. This is the one I know the least mm -hmm. about. So the gateway process is tied with a gentleman named Robert Monroe. And Robert Monroe was a radio broadcast host who had these weird uh, 
sort of out-of-body experiences. He wrote a book in 1971 called Journeys Out of the Body. And he was very much interested in the utilization of what's called binaural beats. And he believed, and this is tied with, you showed the book of Jose Delgado, Physical Control of the Mind, whether it be transhumanism, Neuralink, all this stuff has to do with figuring out how electronic signals can actually begin to manipulate the brain. And the brain then manipulates the mind and therefore it manipulates people's perceptions. And so he begins, this is again in the mid seventies, um, he develops his own institute called the Monroe Institute, which is still uh, thriving today. Uh, Robert Monroe is dead, but he was interested and he developed a technique called the hemisync. And Rachel's even talked about in one of her substacks um, something called. Yes, I remember. That. Um, yeah. Um, Hypno prawn. And that is about the fact that there's forms of, you know, vulgarity in, in that industry where people will watch increasingly more intense forms of intercourse and the beats that are behind it the frequencies begin to program because they're subtle words underneath the frequencies of the beats that they'll begin to think that they're transgender that they want to become a woman and uh this is quite effective they've used uh binaural beats and they've been able to do like open surgery on people as a as a alternative to anesthetics um and so this hemisync uh, Hemisync project is really the point of the gateway process. And so for, I, I pulled it up before we came on, if you, on the, um, on the Monroe Institute for a small fee of a thousand dollars and $1,065, you can then do an eight week course of which then you put these headphones on and go through this mind altering. Uh, they believe that it, reconnects the right and the left hemispheres it activates the corpus callosum which there's theories about uh, sexual orgasm where this is one of the few points in which both hemispheres are connected and so when you look at mind programming it's usually tied with some sort of erotic dimension or getting somebody in an orgasmic state to be programmed well this is claiming that without that it's able to use these frequencies or alter different frequencies one ear will hear one another one will hear another and this will somehow fuse the brain and this is called a hemisync process and it's believed that this is expanding one's consciousness it makes their brain better they're able to access more information they've again tied with the human potential movement although it's not explicitly tied to it you can see the philosophy and the ideas tied to it that you use these beats these binaural beats this hemisync frequencies and that you can expand your consciousness and sort of elevate yourself to a new state well this gateway process was being utilized by uh the military and it wasn't revealed until more recently that all these cia papers came out and but there was one page missing it was page 25 i believe and so there's this huge investigation and all these FOIA requests, and they eventually found that the paper was at the Monroe Institute. And so they published it, and basically it showed that people were going into these altered states of consciousness. They were encountering entities. They were able to gain information. And so they it, this was a, for those who didn't have the sort of, uh, predilection to remote viewing, they would be able to go through these courses and begin to activate and utilize some of these techniques. And so that's where then it's become very popular for young people, because now you can go to YouTube and some of these have been uploaded as YouTube videos and that people will put on these headphones and listen to these beats. And then Robert Monroe's like telling you how to breathe and what to think about and all this different stuff. So 
Um, this is tied then to this Monroe Institute where it is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You know, a, a YouTube channel. Um, Sean Ryan show. He's a former, again, uh, military guy. He has a bunch of CIA people on. It could be a limited hangout uh, show. Not sure. But he recently had a guy named Sean Webb on who has also been going to the Monroe Institute, working with Joseph McMonagall, who's more of the Stargate project. That is a that's a person who's claimed to be psychic and have these abilities, which I think it's quite convincing that they actually do have some type of extrasensory abilities. The question is, what are the ramifications? And and interestingly enough, they're all tied with the occult. And Scientology is going to play a huge part because Pat Price, one of the um, remote viewers of the Stanford Research Institute, the one who really got that project off the ground and the one who the reason why the government gave them over $20 million to do all this research, he gets mysteriously killed um, well, it's speculated that nobody knows exactly how he died. Uh, so there's speculations that Russia, a KGB agent did it. There's other speculations that the CIA did it because he knew too much information. But however it was, he was he he died apparently to uh, the doctor that was there at the hospital. A man with a briefcase brought his dead body in, said he died from a heart attack and without any autopsy that the government didn't want an autopsy and they cremated his body before even telling his wife that he passed away. So uh, some, it seems like something's up there, but my point is that the gateway process is really a, a sort of after effect of this gateway pro or the Stargate project, but the gateway process is totally public now and you can then pay and access all this stuff and all these electronic tools to stimulate your brain and gain higher access. Yeah, I mean, looking at the documents here, you, we can see that, uh, you know, right away it mentions the occult. <clears throat> and then it says, you know, we're going to be looking into various techniques of the occult. Uh, and then it goes on to talk about in the introduction, um, hypnosis and transcendental med meditation. That's interesting because TM also uh, directly comes out of the 1960s counterculture movement with Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. And if you remember, the, the, you know, the Beatles famously uh, popularized transcendental meditation with, you know, they're taking those pictures with uh, Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Um, and then it gets promoted in the West. And then, of course, uh, none other than David Lynch becomes one of the key promoters of TM. Uh, the David Lynch Foundation is, you know, directly connected to transcendental meditation. That's its whole ethos. And a lot of that has to do with kind of going into the inner world, the noetic realm, and trying to get inspiration. And if you watch a lot of David mm -hmm. Lynch's interviews, he, he says that, 
I go inside myself and then I find an idea and I write it down. <clears throat> and so and all of that's kind of innocuous. It doesn't really seem that, you know, that, uh, you know, nefarious. But as you go through this, we start to see more and more elements, things that do directly relate to uh, MKUltra. For example, it goes into talking about hypnosis and kind of training the brain to um, move into these altered states of consciousness through, again, extrasensory deprivation, uh, mm -hmm. pressure put on the uh, various uh, 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 cortexes. I mean, it goes into all these wild wild things and and i remember when i first saw this document i think last year when it was really going around getting really popular mm -hmm. a lot of this lost me and it reminded me of what is in um lily's book like if you try to read this book a lot of it is just totally incoherent like you can't i don't i have no idea what he's talking about and i don't think it's because like oh he's just so smart and it's like a lot of really weird terminology and and stuff that you know, maybe it's because I don't understand biometrics or something like that, or it's just bizarre stuff. It's really hard to follow what this book is talking about. <clears throat> and I noticed this document is the same way. So my, my yeah. next question is like, when I see, for example, in this document, it goes on to talk about the Kundalini psychosis. <laughs> I mean, yeah. do, do you think that this document <laughs> is actually talking about like a real scientific process of the occult? Or do you think that it's an investigation into stuff and it's full of a lot of word salad gibberish? Well, I, I think it's a little bit of both uh, because as we've talked about and is quite apparent that uh, people in the intelligence agencies have had a long fascination with occultism. And uh, again, Scientology is going to play part and parcel in today's conversation because Pat Price was a devoted Scientologist, and some people speculated that maybe that was tied to his potential death. Uh, we know that L. Ron Hubbard was working with the CIA and that he was aware that CIA informers were inside his uh, Church of Scientology. But um, the Kundalini thing, that's one of the things that connects this whole conversation today is they're all have one foot in the occult. Uh, Russell Targ, the physicist and laser engineer, that is the lead sort of researcher at the SRI. He, uh, his life, when he grew up, his dad owned a bookstore and he was reading theosophy. He was always fascinated with the occult. He wanted to be a magician. And he's then the one who leads this research project. I think that part of these remote viewers is that they have dabbled in the occult. And that's one of the reasons why they begin to have these visions almost all of them have had some type of traumatic experience um joe uh, joe mcmonagle highlights that he was abused as a child and he was surrounded by alcoholism and had all this uh these sort of traumatic events and then one time later in his adult life he starts having out-of-body experiences and is able to uh remote view and gain access and all this different stuff so yeah <clears throat> well so in the in the case of the documentary right the yeah, I mean, Ingo Swan, supposedly the uh, foremost psychic in the world at that time. Well, we find out he's also gay. And you think, well, <laughs> well, so what does that matter? Well, even the boomers in that documentary have to have to point out that, well, 
he seemed to not really be as uh, psychically proficient as he claimed to be. And they actually say, and we think that that might be because he had this desire to really, you know, uh, please a father figure. And he, he, he wanted to really make a name for himself. And he, he always felt, uh, you know, uh, insufficient in everything he did. And so he really wanted, he had these grandiose uh, 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 beliefs about himself that he had to try to verify in some way. And so they, they think that that was the actual motivation for Ingo Swan's claims of, you know, how powerful he was in this, uh, you know, this, this famous documentary about uh, the Stargate program that we'll talk about here in a minute. But so, yeah, for the people uh, bitching about the audio, as you know, uh, the way that, so anytime you update an Apple computer, everything resets, right? So my audio was low because it resets, not because of anything else. And uh, to the dude bitching in the chat, uh, yes, I did fix it. So what are you talking about? It's not fixed. It is fixed. <laughs> so shout out. We got it. We got over 700 now. Thank you guys. <clears throat> and I would add too that, I mean, this doesn't, directly prove or disprove anything necessarily in regard to psychic experiences. Jamie and I, when we, we took a road trip a few years ago and we noticed that a lot of places that we stopped where there were psychics, as we, we did a road trip all the way down the Florida, a lot of psychics popped up, believe it or not. There were psychics that would be at public events. There were psychics that were in Miami everywhere. Uh, pretty much all the ones that we ran into also were gay. And we weren't going to the psychics before people try to clip that and expose me. I'm just saying we noticed psychics everywhere, which you thought, which thought was funny. But they also all happen to be gay. And I wonder if there isn't a connection between um, the possibility of people that were abused who then have, maybe in youth, that then have dissociative experiences later on in life. And then they think that, you know, that due to that abuse and that trauma, then they feel like, well, I need to, you know... Uh, find approbation in some way through, you know, I'm a special person. The universe is speaking through me. I have these powers. I mean, I just don't like this document immediately goes into Kundalini psychosis and what hurts should be played for protracted periods to, I mean, it's just like, what is this even talking about? How do you, how do you measure the, the, how do you measure the Kundalini force through biofeedback, you know what I mean? It's like, right. and, well, and when you watch when you watch the Boomer documentary that we talked about, like you notice a lot of these guys, they kind of seem to be full of it. I mean, it's I think right. there's a there's a huge amount, and they even admit, admit this with the Ingo Swan guy saying that he's a fraud. I'm pretty sure Yuri Geller has been kind of outed as a fraud. Um, before we get into the occult side of it, and I think this is what makes it always difficult. Is it? It's always bound up with a lot of fraudsters and con men as well, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, Yuri Geller, I think, again, he, he's been tied. He does like public magic shows now, and he's been tied with uh, Mossad working with uh, Israeli intelligence and stuff like that. But the like the Kundalini thing, when I saw that in the document, um, I immediately thought about, again, Eslin Institute, Michael Murphy's book and talking about how like erotic uh, sexual energy that is tied to some of these activities and in, in accessing these noetic realms and kundalini within the hindu context is often associated with male eroticism or female retention to sort of sublimate sexual energy to one way or another but it, it always comes back to the occult and this act this desire to access like unforeseen knowledge the same yeah. promise that the serpent gives to eve if i recall um didn't you read jamie that uh, Blavatsky talked about like uh, male seed retention, and that you said that 
this was something that maybe even some of the Third Reich people were into. Oh, the Vril Society? Yeah. Yeah. And that... But they got that from ancient Hinduism, which is what Kotel's talking mm-hmm. about. The, the idea that you can charge your magical powers by, uh, yeah. you know, n- not engaging in, uh, you know, sexual practice. So you're, you're, you're essentially directing that energy. That's actually where Crowley gets a lot of his... Um, SEX magic is from these far eastern religions and these practices. Yep. That's where that Kenneth Grant book was. Yeah, it's Kenneth Grant, or... right? The, the Kenneth Grant, actually, as Jamie just covered on her channel, she, Kenneth Grant has a whole book. He's a famous devotee of Crowleyanism. <clears throat> He's the guy, I think, behind the Typhonian order of the OTO. Uh, Grant has a whole book on Kundalini energy and how to channel it. So, so they're basically a bunch of sort of coomers that are saying, oh, but it's all mystical practices and we're, you know, actually becoming godmen. It's not it's not just that I want to coom, it's that I'm doing magic work. Right. And but like with Crowley, um, you know, he's ex- stated in, in multiple of his books that to be the highest of magicians, you have to be sodomized. And he was both sodomized and had a, a, a young male lover. Victor Newberg, uh, yeah. Yep, who said that he abused him psychologically, physically, sexually. Um, but the idea is that you can't have any boundaries. And so for, for Crowley to gain your occult powers, you have to be penetrated by another man. That's the only way that you can like really come to this fullness of that there's no boundaries you can't cross. There's no boundaries you won't cross. Another tie into the aliens, right? Because the aliens are <laughs> the aliens are all faking gray doing butt stuff. Shocker. <laughs> There seems to be a lot of obsession with that in the in this uh, domain. Okay, so <clears throat> um, do you want to uh, continue with gateway process? Is there anything else in this gateway process document as it goes on? It talks about lamps and lasers. It's just so wild. Yeah, uh, it's, it's frequencies. Go ahead. <clears throat> it's all over the place. Um, but what I think is so interesting, tying it back to like Jose Delgado in Brain Chips, because I did a stream on the history of brain chips. And you read that book that you have. I mean, it's wild. Uh, you look at some of the research, they were able to control the behaviors and actions of people. And they only had like, it, again, you watch some of the stuff like um, on uh, what the Truth Stream Media when they did the documentary, The Minds of Men. Um, uh, they talked a little bit about the links that that research was going and they could alter somebody's sexual disposition. So in one of their researches, they took homosexual men and then they would implant brain chips and then they would stimulate the sexual centers and they'd bring in female prostitutes. And now they would get sexually aroused due to the electronic activation. And now they were heterosexual, uh, but they also destroyed people, absolutely destroyed people and children. I mean, at the at one of the children's hospitals in Mississippi, they were they were implant, implanting stuff in children as young as eight years old. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And trying to figure out like the links to which they can control somebody and they can control people quite easily. So that research, whether it be John C. Lilly, whether it be Jose Delgado, this, this whole revelation about electronic stimulation of the brain is essential then to the gateway process and figuring out more subtle ways to use this technology to manipulate people. Now, is it purely nefarious? Was Robert Monroe trying to expose people to these noetic entities, these demons, as, as I would claim that they are? Um, no, I believe that some of these people are just totally lost in the sauce that they believe it and they're all about yeah. it. Yeah, that's a great point. It's like a, a lot of the a lot of the people involved in this think, well, look, I'm just trying to you know help America against the Soviets, you know, because a lot of this is happening in the Cold War, and you know they they're taught with the the sort of mainline propaganda that's in the mainstream media everywhere is that you know America represents uh, you know God and and generic Christianity, and the Soviet Empire is the empire of evil, which again is really a, a vast oversimplification because we find out that actually both the CIA and the Soviets are essentially doing the exact same projects. Um, and then at the end of that documentary, you know, the, 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 the boomer team actually goes over and meets with the, the Soviet guys doing the same stuff. The Soviet guys come over to America and, and participate in these remote viewing experiments and projects. It's, it's all kind of goofy, but it is interesting, as you said, that th there do seem to be some studies that actually produced real results like so it seems like of all of these different projects uh the one that had at least the most substantial success was some of the remote remote viewing stuff um and then for whatever reasons it appears to be defunded and shut down and then the guys involved in it go and supposedly do their own you know their own stuff their own mad science experiments but um <clears throat> is that is that what you noticed as well that it seems like remote viewing seemed to be the one that was the most uh, successful. It's like the, the thing about this, uh, gateway process too, like it gets into like time space dimensionality and, and how to okay. in, in, step into other dimensions. And then it brings in all of these like quantum mechanic equations. I mean, again, I, I just kind of feel like it's, there's some BS in this. And I, I say that not because I want to discount the whole idea of the CIA and Stanford research studying the occult. We know they did. That's on record. But um, if you remember, and then and I'll, and I'll stop talking after this, I'll, I'll leave it to you. But there was another document or a trove of things that they declassified. And it had to do with, oh, the CIA had this uh, book that a dude wrote about uh, civilizational collapse and pole shifts. Have you seen this one? I haven't. Yeah. And so it's, and, and all it was was like, a guy wrote a book, I don't remember when, the 80s or something. I could try to dig it up. And it's what the Tartaria people point to. And they're like, look, oh. here, here's a thing where the CIA had a, a guy's book uh, classified. And then they declassified it. Well, it was just like a whole bunch of things that were produced by CIA-connected academics. And then, right. then the CIA says, well, here's a bunch of documents we don't care about anymore. It was a publication, first of all. I, it, I don't know that it was actually classified it was just some public book about uh extinction level events and and uh cycles of civilizations so it was a highly speculative book that they 
declassified. It wasn't a top secret thing. It was just something that they didn't care about in a trove of documents. And then people run with it and they think, oh, this proves Tartaria and that we're about to have a pole shift and a planet X and all this nonsense. And my point is just simply that just because the CIA declassifies something or puts a document out there does not mean that it's true or that it produced actual results or that it's not even just a bunch of bullshit that they're actually pushing on purpose. Right. I completely agree with that. And in the Stargate project, they talk about how these remote viewers were able to contact entities on different planets and stuff like that. Like, I, I don't believe it. Anymore. Exactly. I think it's, it's all misleading you to think of the sort of uh, this cosmic uh, worldview, which there's extraterrestrials, advanced technology, and that through these tech techniques like remote viewing and astral projection, you can you can potentially contact these entities because look, these declassified documents say that people working with the CIA were able to. And so and and people like Tucker Carlson, which you covered more recently, I mean, the conversation about what's coming out regarding aliens and its connection to spiritual entities, i.e. demons, is becoming bright, quite prominent amongst like normie circles right now where just five years ago, you know, nobody thought of them like, oh, as demons, maybe fundamental Christians, devout, faithful Christians, but the majority of people did not. Now people who aren't even Christian per se are thinking, hmm, something's interesting here because they're saying these entities have always been here. And so exactly. that's where it all sort of connects and comes back. And you can't, again, just because these documents are released and just because binaural beats are used for the hemisync process doesn't mean that listening to frequencies is bad in and of itself. It's that they've found that they can manipulate frequencies and change the brain. So yeah. again, there's nuance here just because maybe some people out here like to listen to, you know, um, certain Hertz frequencies that are related to nature or like or even Christian chant music. Okay. That's totally fine. And you can find binaural beats with those frequencies. But the point is that they found through these, again, these operations, these projects, specifically looking at how electromagnetic frequencies alter brain function, that's what it's tied to. And then, that, then when we look at the gateway process, that's what they're doing. They're manipulating these now to give you hope that you're going to be able to access higher levels of consciousness and become a better version of yourself. Yeah, I remember, if you guys remember, um, I don't know if it ever came to fruition, but if you remember, Lady Gaga was working with Marina Abramovich and they wanted to create... Uh, this sort of open art gallery experience where you could go and you would do things like hemi-sync and binaural beat experiences as a performance art thing that you would participate in. And it would be like this initiatory thing. And it was all described as a very occult sort of uh, experience. And they were going to put all this millions of dollars into building this facility in New York or somewhere. I don't know if that ever even actually came about, but it's just, it's utilizing the things that we're talking about here today at the level of, you know, pop, uh, uh occult art or whatever. <clears throat> and I want to uh, thank you to the uh, guy in the chat who reminded me of what this other declassified document was. This was the Ch Chan Thomas, who was an American engineer, ufologist and writer on cataclysms uh, and claimed to himself be a polymath, uh, who came up with a conspiracy theory book in 1963 called the Adam and Eve story, which reinterpreted Genesis as well as many other biblical legends, to be about the supposed pole shifts that occurred every 7,000 years. Um, the <clears throat> book claims that Jesus Christ was a scholar that lived amongst the Indians <laughs> and that he was taken... <laughs> 
no, it gets even better that he, Jesus was taken by aliens after his crucifixion. Um, it then goes on to talk about a bunch of other CIA, uh, controlled MUFON and NICAP type stuff. Those are fake groups. If you, if you want to read about that, read the Collins brothers book, invoking the beyond, um, <clears throat> The CIA declassified this document that included included excerpts from Thomas's book, and thus in subsequent years, people have repeated the conspiracy theory on TikTok uh, that the uh, there we're we're coming into a new seven thousand year cycle of pole shift. This is all just garbage. That if you're familiar with like the realm of conspiracy theories and conspiracy talk radio uh, newsflash. Uh, George Norrie and Coast to Coast have been talking about pole shifts for probably 20 years. And so the fact that, and even back to Art Bell before Norrie or whoever, right? I mean, so there's nothing interesting or fascinating in my view about some goofy guy having his thing, uh, declassify. I mean, this is just, this is just conspiracy candy. Sometimes we call it where the establishment puts out or declassifies garbage and gibberish to let people run crazy with it. In my view, really, the whole alien thing is itself its own version of conspiracy candy where people chase their tail trying to figure out if there's extra biological entities when it's uh, basically government psyops, uh, advanced technology that they have. Um, and then they're, you know, putting out a cover story like aliens and, and extra bio non-biologics or whatever that Gorish guy calls it. <clears throat> Right. Anyway, that's my take on it. Um, people can agree or disagree. And, and, and let me give you one reason why I think that's the case. So let's say we're talking about remote viewing or any of these occult practices. It's not that the CIA study of it, uh, oh, it produces results, so we better shut it down because humans might figure out that they have potential and they might evolve to become X-Men and have these powers. Like That's how a lot of the people in this domain, they, they present it like, the CIA yeah. shut it down because they don't want us to know the human potential that we have. And really <laughs> we're, we're evolving into being God beings and they want to stop us. That's how a lot of the you know boomers involved in the project present it. But <clears throat> if you look at it from a perspective of like intelligence, you don't want something that gives you like 60% accuracy, right? That's not very useful for, you know, uh, do the Soviets have an advanced, uh, you know, submarine that they're building? Well, let's ask the boomer in the float tank who has a 60% accuracy of, it's just not worth, you can't go on that to, to, to have actionable intelligence, so to speak. You need something more reliable than that. And that's why I think they don't really, they don't really care about these projects for cold war intelligence stuff. They might care about it for, you know, research people over here trying to solve the dilemma of, you know, what is man? Who is he? Where is he coming? So there, there might be a place for that, but it's not very useful for pragmatic, you know, intelligence operations is what I'm trying to say. You, you can't, you need a hundred percent or uh, as close to hundred percent accuracy for intelligence than as opposed to 60% boomer float tank accuracy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and that was actually, again, one of the, the, the famous stories out of the Stargate project was, again, remote viewer number 001, the, the number one remote viewer, the first one, this uh, Joseph McMonagall guy. Um, he was asked to look at through remote viewing what was going on in this massive facility that was being built in Soviet Russia. And so then he uses his special techniques and goes to describe uh, the nuclear sub, uh, the the uh, Typhoon classic style submarine that came out of the USSR, which was nuclear. 
and this was novel in the structure and the design and everybody who's supportive of this work and and the reality of remote viewing and how successful it is will highlight that well joe you know he said that they were building the submarine and he described the 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 structures of it and that it was flat on top flat on the bottom and there'd been no submarine like that and we then sent it up to the head of the cia at the time robert gates and he said uh you know i'm not going to listen to these these you know these cracks uh, these, these people that don't know what's going on, these people that believe in all this gobbledygook. And then Joseph McMonagall said what day that they're going to release it. And apparently the U.S. used satellite imagery to see what was going on on that day. And they released the sub. And therefore, this proves, again, all, this, uh, all these claims about Joseph McMonagall and all these other instances that he was utilized for uh, secret intelligence gathering by the U.S. government. But even within the government, there's many people that saw these guys as quacks, that they they were sort of more spiritual and, and into these sort of new age worldviews than actually useful for intelligence gathering. And uh, but you can't again, to some degree or another, there are cases in which no matter what you think about that particular instance by McMonagall, uh, there does seem to be something going on. And that's where I, as an Orthodox Christian, believe that they are entering, people are entering the sort of noetic realm. Um, but they all, again. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Have some foot related to the occult or occult practice or explicitly are occultists. And I think that it's a spiritual thing. And when you exit your body, you are potentially bringing something back with you. Exactly. And exactly. I yeah. Yeah. People in the chat thought I'm saying that it doesn't exist at all. No, no, no. I'm saying that it's not reliable enough for warfare. I'm not saying that it doesn't exist or that nobody enters into the you know noetic realm and interacts with entities or perhaps even sees uh, something remote i mean again i don't have any it doesn't conflict with my worldview at all that that's possible or that it occurs but like uh david is pointing out when you listen to the interview this is mcgonagall here on screen when you listen yep. to the interview with these people and what they say they actually affirm like he's pointing out a lot of these you know occult and new age worldviews that they themselves had which again it, it's it points to a bigger uh, issue with society as a whole and people believing in all kinds of new age things, occult things, Hindu type things. They even interview this guy who's a Buddhist, right? I don't know how what the Buddhist has to do with it. <laughs> but they bring on that guy who's like, I'm a Buddhist and I'm appalled by the dogmatists who would d dare to deny this. You know what I mean? If you remember that guy in the documentary. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And, and, and the, the documentary is clearly supportive of this and trying to build uh, this as a, as a credible process. And it, and like you said, it's all wrapped up in this spiritual worldview that man is progressing and he's gaining certain abilities. And this is something that we need to access. And it gets tied with what you're talking about at the end of that documentary where the the remote boomer viewer uh viewers in remote US boomers i like that remote <laughs> remote booming <laughs> yeah. the the remote boomers go to russia they bring the russians over and they're in la and they're like well now there's no reason to have secrets anymore uh we're all on the same team and it's all tied into this spiritual worldview that that humanity is gaining gaining more more abilities and this is tied with transhumanism the whole the whole thing whether it be occultism whether it be remote viewing whether it be transhumanism it's all wrapped up in this idea that you as a biological entity is somehow insufficient but things are becoming more progressively real and through technology or through the accessing of these specific techniques you can then advance yourself to a higher and higher state and I think that's the promise that they lead uh, all these people into. Yes. And uh, for the audience, you guys will probably remember, um, I did lecture through the entirety of Miles um, Copeland, famous CIA operative. He wrote <clears throat> uh, the book Game of Nations. And we, we've lectured through this entire book. We see all kinds of fascinating things in this text, like him admitting that the CIA is involved in fake flag operations, uh, you know, compromising, co-opting uh, foreign leaders and so on and so forth. And of course, he ends the book saying that the end goal of all this is Bertrand Russell, CFR, Depop, all of that. So remember, that's who we're talking about here. We're not talking about some random uh, temple hat weirdo. Well, Miles Copeland was also involved in uh, running the project called OHP, Occultism in High Places. Mm -hmm. uh, PhD. Now, I'm citing this because you cannot find this book where the, like two or three of his books are like super rare. They're really hard to get. Um, this one I barely got. It popped up on Amazon one day and I was able to get a game of nations, but the book where he talks about, uh, occultism in high places is also really hard to get, but PhD, yeah, Bob Mandelstam, I'll read this real quick. Um, he could, uh, wanted to get something started with Frank Wisner, the famous, uh, uh, operative connected to, uh, uh, uh Mockingbird. He put his imagination to work and some ideas that was uh, nursing since his university days. The first one was called Occultism in High Places. And this is a study uh, where they produced a, a politically, uh, excuse me, let me let's start with Occultism in High Places, a theory of political activism based on an impressively detailed study of ways in which world leaders could base their judgments on various forms of divine guidance. For example, our station chief in Kabul had reliably reported that Afghani politicians habitually settled deadlocks in their parliaments with cockfights. Each of the dispute, each side of the dispute would throw a chicken into, <laughs> into the parliament floor and the chickens would attack each other. And then it says that uh, others sought the advice of a Mexican chicken trainer uh, to uh, basically influence the way that people would make these decisions. Then it goes on to talk about how they reached out to other people in the CIA and that this ties into uh, uh, co-opting and um, basically uh, manipulating world leaders through <clears throat> uh, various types of occult projects like influencing mediums and psychics. Uh, if you, There's other essays that talk about this OHP project with Miles Koblen that, that actually ties into Scientology. Scientology has a, a direct connection to 
uh, Copeland's uh, discussions of OHP. So I'm just yeah. pointing that out to show that this is not a made up thing. There really are, there really is a, a, a wide uh, amount of research dealing with the CIA's involvement in um, occult stuff. So let's go move, let's move over here to, uh, to Stargate. Because Stargate is a more explicit research into uh, occult stuff, and this is really this really precedes the Gateway process. But if you remember um, many years ago, uh, Alex, various various uh, alternative media people, they re- they would interview uh, Major General uh, Stubblebine all the time. So Stubblebine is pretty well known in alternative media research from you know the mid two thousands with a lot of interviews, and this would actually re- lead to the the movie. Uh, uh, Men Who Stare at Goats, which is based on uh, the book. I forget that British, uh, that annoying BBC guy who actually, he's actually with Alex, uh, if I recall, when they go into Bohemian Grove. The guy that wrote the uh, Men Who Stare at Goats book. That guy is John, with Alex. John Ronson? John Ronson, yeah. Um, he, he subsequently like turned his back on Alex and, and said Alex is a piece of crap when... Ronson seems to really be sort of the sus, uh, the sus guy here. But yeah. Uh, anyway, point being is that if you've not, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, all of this Stargate and then First Earth Battalion stuff is in the movie Men Who Stare at Goats with George Clooney, who also happens to be a very CIA connected uh, Hollywood person. So, um, so this is where the rubber meets the road with actual trying to get hard data and research on, um, on. Uh, occult processes and so forth. Is that correct? Yep, absolutely. And the Stargate project, like Stubblebine, who you're talking about, not only was he involved in this, he later becomes the president of the Monroe Institute, the one that uses the gateway process to activate these abilities in people. And so before the Stargate project, you, you can, as we've mentioned, the Stanford Research Institute was doing this research at the, in the late 60s. The Stargate project begins in, in 1978. So this research was being conducted for almost a decade. And that's where that uh, these federal agencies were funding that research over in Menlo Park in the Bay Area. So um, the Stargate project then officially becomes a project of the defense intelligence agencies at Fort Meade in Maryland. And according to official CIA records, it ended in 1995. That seems to be a long time they were funding a project that didn't work. They claim that it it didn't work at all and did not produce uh, reliable results. But in the documentary that we watched, they claimed that their funding was on a year-to-year basis unlike some other projects that maybe be funded for a whole decade or so. So again, interesting nonetheless, but the Stargate project gets going due to the rumor that the Soviet Union is also using these psychics for intelligence gathering one way or another. And you sent a fascinating article that I had not seen before, um, before we went online on the Kremlin Psychic Spies, which highlights really interesting stuff at the big, at the bottom of the, the sort of discussion one of these ex-KGB officials who claimed to be part and parcel to these psychic operations claimed that the Russians were able to actually access the minds of people and know what their interior thoughts were. Now, again, is that legitimate? I don't know. As an Orthodox Christian, I would think that the ability for these occultists, because 
we know for a fact that in the Soviet Union, especially towards the latter half of the Soviet Union, they got very interested in the occult, particularly forms of shamanism, forms of witchcraft, forms of, of conjuration. And they, he claimed that they were doing seances for their remote viewers to go into these altered states so that they could then enter the minds of the president and the people around him. Again, I don't know the legitimacy of all that, but at a spiritual level, it seems to be that might be possible due to other people having demonic influence. So if you are a remote viewer and you've dabbled in these rituals and these seances that maybe somebody else doing that in a different place that somehow they can access you, I don't know. Well, but there was also claims uh, a few years ago um, if that DARPA could actually, through various tech that they created, they could actually image what the what uh brain waves so your brain is putting out waves and they figured out supposedly how to decode that to kind of give a rough image did you see any of that the darpa darpa claimed that they could translate yes. your thoughts so it might be something like fmri which supposedly is able to do that to some degree i don't the the, the images that they showed if i remember this is like five or six years ago they, they were they were pretty blurry i mean it was still pretty impressive because it looked like you know, it was an image of what's supposed to be somebody's thought in their head. So that seems to me to be plausible. So maybe the Soviets had, had worked out some version of this. Um, but yeah, that it is fascinating. This is a, uh, for those that don't know, this was an, uh, an article that Mark Hacker translated back in 2016 um, from a retired KGB guy claiming that, uh, I'll put this in the chat for people that want to read it, claiming that they had kind of done the same thing over there. And again, it's kind of like this, the so-called space programs, right? Like if you remember throughout the, the 19, uh, throughout the cold war, when we're supposedly, you know, uh, you know, just total uh, Manichaean enemies with the Soviet union, there's a joint space program where we're sending scientists over there to, to do stuff and talk about our latest supposed space tech. That to me has always just seemed really suspicious in this very documentary, they talk about doing the exact same stuff. To me, I, that suggests actually an intelligence cover. So that's just a cover for people to go kind of meet and maybe even have uh, an exchange of information or, or discussions. Um, that's pretty common for, for I mean, if you, if you look at Blavatsky, for example, or um, the like the, one way to have a, a, an unsanctioned meeting with a foreign uh, power that you're at war with is to go under the cover of something like, Oh, we're there as mediums and psychics to have a medium and psychic convention. And you're actually there to have, you know, a backdoor meeting with, you know, the government. Does that make sense? What right. I'm saying? So that, that might be what's going on with some of this stuff, but anything else you want to tell us about, uh, I'm sorry, I'm getting way off uh, about uh, Stargate. Um, it seems to me that I remember when I when I looked into all the uh, First Earth Battalion stuff that what Stubblebine and all these guys were up to, like the real uh, like successful stuff that came out of this was basically just a bunch of New Age gibberish. Like th it was more successful to to publish. Um, like they were more successful in cultural warfare than anything else. In other words, the, the, the sixties counterculture gibberish was more useful 
for social engineering than any of the individual projects because the idea was to create a warrior monk. Do you, are you familiar with this? So yep. it kind of ties into like super soldier stuff, but they thought, could we train our, you know, uh, you know, let's, let's take Jesse Ventura and make him able to like walk through walls. That was the idea, right? If he meditated hard enough and he stared at a goat, could he kill it with his mind? And, and really the only cloud busting. Do you remember that in the movie where George yep. Clooney's like staring at clouds and he's trying to break them apart with his mind? Yep. <laughs> but so the real success, it seems to be, convincing a generation of boomers that they actually had these powers or that they might have these powers. And that's why all the boomers got into new age stuff. Absolutely. And that's why the par paradigmatic thinking is so important because you just give people these little ideas of potential abilities and it, then it, it connects with all these other ancient mystical ideas. And pretty soon they're all living in the same uh, fantasy of extraterrestrials coming to save the planet because they have all this advanced technology and, this is why we have to blend with the machines or anything like that. But in regards to the Stargate project, just some of the uh, main movers and shakers, um, we have Harold Puthoff and Russell Targ. These are going to be the researchers through the SRI Institute. Um, and then we have the remote viewers, of course, remote viewer number one is Joseph McMonagall. But then you have Ingo Swan and Pat Price, both of which are Scientologists, of which Jay just talked about occult, occultism in high places. And we know for a fact that L. Ron Hubbard, in fact, I did a stream on L. Ron Hubbard. He was the only individual that creeped out Aleister Crowley. <laughs> so um, after uh, Hubbard did a, a ritual with, um, oh, uh, the gentleman who was a nuclear physicist uh, that was into the magic stuff. Um, I, I'm blanking right now. People in the chat are going to know who I'm talking about. He was part of... Uh, the hermetic order of the golden dawn and all that stuff well he and hubbard apparently had some r weird ritual where Are you talk about uh, jack parsons jack parsons yeah so jack parsons was masturbating while uh hubbard performed some type of magic ritual and then parsons uh, reported back to alistair crowley some of the stuff they were doing because they were trying to give birth to the antichrist and uh <laughs> alistair crowley said he didn't want anything to do with hubbard after like a few years of interaction but anyways i digress the point is uh the stargate project was again the the total amount of remote viewers at least what we're told through some of these well it also has to do with uh i'm sorry i'm gonna cut you off but yeah go ahead uh parsons stole or excuse me uh didn't hubbard stole jack parsons occult girlfriend right so girlfriend. marjorie marjorie cameron so maybe hubbard did or crowley didn't want any of his uh uh which thoughts being stolen by, <laughs> by <Hubbard. laughs> yeah, and his and his, his boy toys, um, but uh, yeah, that's but again, you see, like weird sexual stuff is always tied with with this stuff again, and I don't, I think Ingo Swan being homosexual is not, uh, is it, something that deserves to be mentioned. It shouldn't go unnoticed, but we're told that it was only amounted to about fifteen to twenty remote viewers that were part of the Stargate project. Uh, that could be could be true. Um, again, Ingo Swan was claimed to have been re remote viewing with extraterrestrials. Uh, there's been many claims that he was a fraud or that he made stuff up. According to Russell Targ and Harold Puthoff, who are both still alive, they claim that he was legitimate and had unique abilities along with Pat Price. Uh, Pat Price is associated. He was a former Burbank uh, police officer and again, another Scientologist and he one of his claim to fames was his ability to 
uh, highlight Sugar Grove. This was like a NSA military base in West Virginia that nobody knew about. And it was tracking Russian satellites and he was given coordinates. So the Stargate project was eventually developed in the point where the CIA could give these remote viewers coordinates, specific coordinates, and then they could then go into these altered states of consciousness, go to that coordinate, see what was there, what was happening, and then report back. And apparently, accordingly, um, Pat Price went into an altered state, went to this place in West Virginia, he saw this log cabin, but on the other side of the mountain was this totally clandestine um, military base that the NSA was using called Sugar Grove, which is now public information. And so he was again part of this development where they were then giving russian coordinates and this is tied with joseph mcmonagle then being asked to look inside this facility and what was exactly being built um yeah so i mean that's essentially what the stargate project was we don't know there's again many differing claims on the efficacy of it um now the official statement of the u.s government is that they don't use remote viewers and that this was totally um not efficacious in any way and therefore that's why they shut it down but like the documentary you you were talking about the third eye spies apparently it got shut down because jimmy carter made it public on accident at emory university during a public uh public speech is the other guy that we're trying to remember is it hertak is that the guy the physicist mm, yeah uh so one, puhar andrea puharik's bff is james hertak uh, another one of these guys involved in this, um, the occult nine circle that, you know, what I'm talking about the nine. Mm -hmm. Yep. And this is crazy because, uh, Hertak, all these guys, like you said, they're, they're not just into occultism and more, some of some of them are into Mormonism. They're also into Crowley. A lot of these guys are actually like devotees of Crowley. Um, Hertak was a big fan of Alice Bailey and, uh, Blavatsky and then <clears throat> this is something I totally forgotten do you know about the uh, uh, order of the solar temple yes so that was a Crowleyan based group <clears throat> that had uh, that was set up in France in uh, 1952 um, and they one of the members was uh, Schwaller uh, Delubitz the guy that's the famous Egyptologist I have some of his books on Egyptology um, but uh, the sovereign order of the solar temple was recognized by Prince Rainier of Monaco back in the day. And supposedly, I haven't verified this, but supposedly the famous Hollywood A-lister Grace Kelly joined this group. She became a member of the sovereign uh, of the solar temple and she gets assassinated. Now, some people say that she was just had a car accident. Uh, but if you read, uh, well, according to... Um, um, the Committee of 300 book by uh, uh, what's his face uh, Dr. John Coleman he says this is actually a hit because um, Prince Rainier did something that the, the New World Order didn't like and so they took care of Grace Kelly uh, but the the that's also repeated by uh, Daniel Estelin in his Shadow Masters book so in other words this is directly tying into like the power structure that's literally running stuff like the people that can call the shots and, and decide who dies. Like we're talking about like Kissinger level people, right? Because mm -hmm. according to Coleman, Kissinger was really sort of the mind behind a lot of that stuff. And that's why they find Crowleyanism so useful is that it's not just a matter of 
um, can we uh, like peer into the secrets of humankind and metaphysics? A lot of this has to do with control and, and compromise and blackmail and mind control. So, you know, you bring in some famous Hollywood A-list woman like Grace Kelly, one of the most famous Hollywood blonde bombshells. You bring her into the occult, maybe even mind control her, right? We know a lot of these Hollywood people are mind controlled. I don't know if you saw this week, uh, they just talked about NATO openly talking about how they wanted to use Taylor Swift for uh, combating misinformation. We all know that uh, uh, Church of Satan, Anton LaVey, uh, Jane Mansfield was brought into uh, the Church of Satan. And, and, and my view is that a lot of these networks and these groups, they're actually just gr- ways to control and utilize people. And the people at the top of these groups are usually tied into other powerful groups and they network. So it's more like a way to control and use people as opposed to like, oh, they actually have the secrets of the universe. A lot of the groups promise that they have the secrets of the universe but they actually are, are just uh, mind controlling and, and using people. Would you agree with that? I know I know we're getting kind of, yeah. kind of out, no, out into agree. left field, but all of these guys all tie together because they're all part they of the do. same occult networks. Right. And then that's the part that I think when you look on the general information about this stuff, what we're hammering this occult connection, it, it's sort of not emphasized because, again, it comes from these people that believe in you know, relativism amongst the traditions that that perennial spirituality is the true form of spirituality. And therefore, these occult practices that have been hidden due to these, uh, you know, these mean men throughout history that had these fundamental religious beliefs in opposition to them, that these are actually techniques that are going to ascend us to a higher awakening. And so in regards to the Stargate project, there was one thing I wanted to mention in regards to uh, one person wrote a book claiming to have been part of this, uh, David Morehouse, and in his book, uh, Psychic Warrior Inside the CIA Stargate Program, The True Story of a Soldier's Espionage and Awakening, he claims that he worked with hundreds of remote viewers, and maybe that was true. According to official records, it wasn't that many, um, but there was a real threat of double agents, that the government was really worried that some of these uh, remote viewers were actually double agents, uh, they didn't know sure who their loyalty was. Um, uh, there's another guy named Ed Dames, and he was one of the five army officers. And that's another point is the Stargate project was particularly finding officers in the army. That was the particular branch that they were focusing on. And that then Ingo Swan, who we've talked about, he apparently was the one to train these army soldiers to advance their remote viewing capabilities. So, yeah, and I want to remi- I want to remind everybody too. By the way, I did. Uh, wow, I'm even. I'm surprised that this is in mainstream news. Um, this is Irish Times. Mainstream Irish media reported reported that Princess Grace was a member of the Order of the Solar Temple, and that's the big suicide cult uh, that was yeah. based on Crowleyanism. That they all killed themselves. We've covered that in my in some of my cult uh, uh, talks. But keep in mind too that this whole project. Uh, according to the documentary, was actually Dr. Sidney Gottlieb's idea. So he's one of the key MKUltra yeah. uh, LSD doctors. He's the one that said, hey, let's try a remote viewing program. And my guess would be because a lot of people in uh, undergoing LSD experiences, like they probably thought, oh, I'm, I'm seeing a far off world. And so maybe then Gottlieb says, hey, yeah, maybe we could weaponize this for the for the, uh, for the the Cold War. Then we get Dr. Hal Putoff. Then we get uh, this guy, Dr. Kit Green. Uh, yeah. Then they bring in Ingo Swan. They bring in Yuri Geller. They start studying all of this. Do you remember too? This is just kind of getting 
getting goofy, but do you remember Ghostbusters? The first one? <laughs> yeah. At the beginning, right? Bill Murray. What, Bill Murray's basically the SRI guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, what's on the back of this card? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And the, the funny part is that like the guy actually has the psychic ability, but Bill Murray's trying to flirt with a blonde chick. So he's like, he's telling her that she's getting the answers right. Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, so let's see. Do you want to cover? Well, is the there last any... thing, I, go ahead, the last yeah, go thing ahead. I wanted to say is again, all this Ingo Swan stuff. And according to some of these re- revealed uh, uh, members that have described what was going on at the Stargate project, I just want to hammer that they claim that they were able to visit Atlantis. So remote viewing does not limit the viewer to this particular time and, and space time. And so they claim that they can go into the future, they can go into the past. And this is, again, Sean Webb, the guy who's now sort of going all around the internet promoting the Monroe Institute and gaining these remote viewing abilities, talks about how, well, this doesn't just, you know, it's not just you can go remote viewing and see what's going on in different places. You can go into the past, you can go into the future. And um, they claim that they went to Atlantis. Uh, these remote viewers claim they've been to Mars. <laughs> That they've been on UFO sh- spaceships. Okay, so of course that's where it goes, right into all the nonsense. Right. Yeah. So that was my point in, in that we didn't mention that they believe they can, again, they can transgress space-time forward and backwards, not just laterally right now. And, of course, it always brings you back to this worldview of the the intergalactic confederacy of entities and that that's why these people are able to participate and you can't yet. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And again, I would remind everybody uh, that the topic that uh, David just mentioned will, th- that's all throughout the Collins Brothers book. So uh, th- that middle 400 pages of the of their big thousand page book is actually dedicated to explaining the whole alien UFO phenomenon as directly coming out of the uh, MKUltra uh, project and research. Again, who's the first uh, contactee? Well, it's George Adamski. And who threatens to sue anybody who questions George Adamski's made-up story? Alan Dulles. Why is the head of the CIA threatening to sue anybody who questions this absolute goober, lunatic, Rosicrucian guy claiming to have been abducted by aliens and flirting with uh, Venusian, voluptuous Venusian space women? Right. I mean, it's just so ridiculous unless, but it makes perfect sense if the whole alien psyop from the very beginning is basically fostered by the CIA and, and the MKL right. project. I think you, you, you might have them on, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're going to be on this coming Tuesday, actually talking about that book of which my copy's still in the mail. Uh, it's not, you can't prime it. So I've, uh, I'm still waiting for a copy to come in, but, um, you know, that's why this occult stuff, <clears throat> I think it all comes out of the UFO mythology, because how exactly do you ingratiate a populace to accept demonic activity? Well, you create these narratives, you then sort of publicize occult techniques, public access to these these various ceremonies, these uh, supernatural abilities. 
And you're slowly going to allow more and more demonic possession within your society. And, and I speculate that at the highest levels of power in the world, especially our federal government, that that's exactly who's pulling the strings. It's it's something that is supernatural and it probably is the evil one in, in demons. And, and therefore, for to get us to bow down and worship them, which is eventually going to come through the Antichrist, that they have to sort of develop these mythologies in which you actually want to engage with them. You want them to be a part of you. You want to gain these higher supernatural abilities. So I think the Stargate project is just one of those instances. And you can see by, again, the movie, uh, Menu Stare at Goats, that this is something that now people are, are quite uh, seeking. They, it's a sought after technique and abilities. And this is viewed as somebody who's more spiritual. And as we're Orthodox Christians, mind you that, yeah, St. Paisios, St. Porfirios, there's certainly examples of holy men that have sort of extra sensory activities, but the difference is it's always embodied. You see, they don't leave their body. They don't have to go into altered states of consciousness. So I believe that the Holy Spirit can give holy men, righteous men, certain gifts. So it's not that these abilities aren't true to some degree, but it's always a disembodied, a sort of untethering oneself from your body to get into the expansiveness of, of consciousness, if you will. So um, I just wanted to, to point that out. Well, yeah, have you noticed too, in terms of pop culture, this is a recurring theme. And uh, somebody just reminded me, actually, my mom had said, hey, you should watch The Fury, which is a 1978 Brian De Palma film, because the film is about uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I know it's about it's about a secret government project where they start to study kids that have these abilities like uh, clairvoyance and telekinesis and whatnot. And uh, this got really popular in the 70s and 80s. I wonder if it isn't kind of mirroring what's going on with SRI and their research, because if you start to think about it, this actually is pretty. I mean, Stranger Things, if you've watched that, I mean, the girl is basically in a kind of. Um, you know, MK Ultra slash it actually says MK Ultra, but, it, but it's because she has these abilities, right? She's got right. extra sensory abilities, so the, the deep stays studying her. That's actually what this Brian De Palma film is about. By the way, I think that woman was Spielberg's first wife, I forget her name, but she before yeah, before Spielberg was married to Kate Capshaw, he was married to briefly to um, to this this woman in the in the movie, I forget her name, but uh, that's relevant too because Spielberg also continues this theme as well in a lot of his movies a lot of uh stephen king movies surround children who begin to evolve to have telekinesis and, and certain mental uh powers supernatural powers or they might even be latent natural powers and so it's like a way to have theosis without supernature it's like a natural thing that you have to tap into and, and open up and awaken in fact uh, the end of stalker uh, and we asked uh, Andre Tarkovsky's son when we had him on, I, I asked him that question. I said, is this like an evolutionary narrative? Because if you've seen Stalker, the famous uh, dystopian story by uh, Tarkovsky, at the very end, spoiler alert, she develops telekinesis and she's able to move things with her mind as a result of these big sort of you know nuclear wars or whatever. So it's almost like big cataclysms and, and, and uh, you know, stressor events that cause trauma cause the people to have powers right. so and this is the part of the justification why people like uh lily and kinsey say oh well uh, yeah i'm abusing a lot of people but it's for the good because i'm trying to cause i'm trying to make uh, x-men 
basically. I'm trying to make mutants. <laughs> so so it's like it's justified because I'm making mutants, right? I mean, isn't that good for humanity to evolve to be to be X-Men? Literally. Exactly. And that's why it's important to tie in Sidney Gottlieb to yeah. uh, all these remote viewing, but also um, uh, Donald Cameron, you know, Ewan Cameron, because he was, again, behind some very nefarious uh, research out of like, uh, was it Massachusetts General Hospital in regards to putting in brain chips, basically totally destroying people for the betterment, both of those men tied to the CIA and tied to the MK Ultra project. And so that's why you can't disconnect the MK Ultra psychedelics, which we know when people take psychedelics, anybody who's done it, you access some type of noetic realm that isn't normally accessed. You know, uh, you know, Father Deacon Dr. Ananias, we were talking about in our open panel last night that many people have experiences of telepathy and this type of stuff when everybody takes you know group psychedelic activity and we know in the amazon this is true that when when certain cults that take uh, ayahuasca in a, in a collective effort that they experience synesthesia they sp experience a collective hive mind and so there are sort of supernatural abilities but the difference is this occult accessing of them and it when you're talking about all these children and that narrative that you know in the new age it's very popular for people to believe in indigo children right that there's all these children born from different stars exactly, and they have yeah. they have these supernatural abilities and so gen z is going to save us because they are given these special spiritual gifts that you and i aren't privy to due to our christian culture that that sort of suppressed it and it's like well when you look at it from an orthodox perspective this is just the, the the trauma the occultism demonic activity and and you know this belief that we're going to move higher and higher and higher and it puts this same narrative we see in movies and films as the indigo children which if you go on tiktok you'll see tons of videos are you a star seed did your family not your family but got thrown to the other countries yo i'm trying to tell you right now your family is not your family that's a fake family your real family got thrown to detroit that's the star seeds. That's your real family. I don't know if you saw that clip of me covering. So there's even like dudes out of the ghetto now are into star seed stuff, and we've yeah, been covering. Dude, it's very popular. Yeah, yeah. And I've highlighted before a Pew Research Center has showed that the fastest growing uh, faith system in the United States are people that are SBNR, spiritual but not religious, which is exactly what the Third Eye Spies documentary is about. It's yeah. Exactly the perennialism of the occultism. It's people that, well, I'm spiritual and therefore I'm spiritually evolving. It's the same exact thing. And what's scary is that that's going to be the majority of the United States within one more generation. Over 50 percent of the U.S. is going to claim to be spiritual, but not religious. And I think that yeah. just opens up the portal. Absolutely. No, that's spot on. In fact, there's a great article that Father John Whiteford shared a while back, and it's on Ortho Christian. I'm trying to remember the exact title, though, but something like how an entire nation becomes demonically possessed. And the article is about what happened in the Bolshevik Revolution. Um, I highly recommend people read that because it's exactly what uh, David Patrick Harry is talking about. By the way, have you seen the movie Cronenberg's uh, uh, Scanners? I forgot Scanners. I oh, you, sh you should watch Scanners because it's, it's exactly what we're talking about. And in, in Scanners, the plot actually ends up being that the government is actually trying to weaponize and control the people that are genetically modified to have these abilities so yet another uh early late 70s early 80s uh fire starter remember with drew barrymore it's again yeah. the same that's a stephen king thing same plot 
Um, actually, we, we should that that should be the next pod movie podcast should be this theme of uh, scanners, the fury fire starter, whatever, because this is really, and really this is where we get X-Men. I don't know if you yeah. saw the, uh, the recent, um, I did a podcast with my buddies over at PSYOP cinema, by the way, they, they are part of the, some of those guys are out of the rice, uh, program that you're talking about. The oh, rice. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, that's kind of the top esoteric yep. program in yep. the United States. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> uh, they put me in touch with some of the people in that, well, we, I'll just leave it at that. We've had some interesting <laughs> conversations. Um, but so this is very real. People think, oh, the, the universities aren't studying this stuff. This is crazy. Yes, they are. <laughs> like I've, I've met, talked to some of the people that were involved in the research. But so, by the way, we almost hit a thousand people. Wow, uh, that's great for a Saturday afternoon. We got up to nine hundred and forty fifty. So we almost hit a thousand live today, guys. Uh, thank you so much. We're still going. We're not done yet. We got some super chats. I want to remind everybody though. I do have to point out that we have a show sponsor. They're an awesome Bay's Red Pill company. So, uh, David, don't go anywhere. You got to if you want to use a, use a restroom, something like that. We got a few minutes. I'm going to play this amazing, wonderful ad from our friends over at Chalk.com. So, stay where you are. Don't go anywhere. Uh, we got super chats. We got a few more questions that people want to ask uh, David Patrick Harry. So, just give me a few minutes. Chad mode is your ultimate natural pre workout designed to take your performance to the next level. Chad mode is for natty beast alphas only. Whether you're hitting the gym, invading a favela, conquering a small village, gambling, burning the midnight oil, mogging on your coworkers, or getting banned from Facebook, Chad mode gives you the competitive edge you need. It's as simple as mixing one or two scoops of our fine powder into water or juice providing you with a delicious energizing beverage featuring a burst of sweet organic fruit flavor. Chad Mode will give you the extra edge you desperately crave. Chad Mode stands out from the crowd by excluding artificial flavors, preservatives, sweeteners, and dyes. We've even avoided so-called natural flavors, ensuring a clean and effective formula. Only soy boys and betas guzzle blue dye and sucralose, further tanking their already low testosterone levels. Chad Mode is made in America. Unlike your common TikTok peasant's pre-workout powder, it does not contain Chinese lab-made caffeine and artificial sweeteners that soy boys so often crave. Experience the pure goodness of Chad Mode with Blue Magic registered trademark organic blue spirulina extract, organic lemon, cherry, and organic maple crystals. Forget synthetic caffeine. Embrace the natural power of organic green coffee bean extract. Each dose of Chad Mode mirrors the caffeine kick of a cup and a half of coffee, delivering a surge of energy alongside essential vitamins, minerals, amino acids, and herbal extracts. Chad Mode will allow you to fire your boss and mog on anyone who opposes you. Chad Mode will give you a dominant and aggressive edge, like a lion hunting a gazelle where the gazelle is a TikTok gym zoomer macro guzzling sucralose on the daily, edging to TNF videos. Whether you're seeking a high-potency, junk-free pre-workout or a better way to kickstart your day, Chad Mode has you covered. It's not just for men. Chad Mode is a solution for anyone ready to conquer their fitness and life goals, dominate their co-workers, and aggressively gamble their life savings. Don't miss out secure your supply of Chad Mode on TikTok Shop with a limited-time, massive discount. Elevate your workouts and supercharge your days. Chad Mode. Not for your average gym bro zoomer who guzzles synthetic blue dyes on the daily. Buy on the TikTok shop now with a massive discount provided by TikTok for a very limited time. 
Buy now while this is still available. Chad Mode has been flying off the shelves because it's the first of its kind. Certified for Alpha or Sigma males only. Do not buy if you are a beta. We will refund your money. Chad Mode is your ultimate natural pre-work. That we're all proud of. Chad Mode here. is your ultimate this is, natural uh, pre-workout. Much vaunted, much sought after. Philosophy 101. Now, he just got this page up. We are just testing it out. You guys are some of the first people in the world to see it. I want to say, for my part, it's not philosophy 101. I think this is a mis mistitling. I really think of it as like philosophy unleashed. Because a philosophy 101 course, they give you kind of some useless information that you can't make sense of. Jay actually lays out over 12 weeks, dozens and dozens of hours put into just the presentation of this, let alone the hundreds and thousands of hours of research that it takes to have a coherent evolution and history of the origins of philosophy, the uses of philosophy, the different ways to look at it over time, and how that has uh, been brought about to what we have today, which is almost an absence of philosophy on the objective logic and reason side and an overabundance of woke philosophy that is irrational and is made up day by day as people are like, I think we should bring racism back and then here's a justification and then it gets wokeified and, and spread out. And then all of a sudden you have a bunch of communist socialist ideas where you become the property in action. You need to be able to stand your own ground. It helps to have a foundation in philosophy because it's a method to find truth. When you get down to it, philosophy is there because you love truth enough to go and learn how to find it because it's valuable. So if you're interested in things like that, there is uh, the landing page. We'll link it up in the notes. It is uh, a longer one, so we'll get a shorter uh, URL for this. I'm sure Jay has a link on his page. I just wanted to show it off. Now you know it exists. You can go look for it and see why this is not your father's philosophy, right? So uh, well done. I'm proud of everyone who helped to produce and edit the course. And, of course, Jay did a flawless job in presenting the course over those 12 weeks. And uh, he's a juggernaut. He's another guy, just like John Bush, in action all the time, doing something productive, like very little wasted time in his week. Those 168 hours are being harnessed very well. I want to show off something that we're all proud of. I got a browser here. This is uh, Jay Dyer's much vaunted, much sought after philosophy. All right, what's up, guys? We're back. Uh, remind you, I want to remind you that uh, yeah, the chalk uh, link. I forgot to put that link. So the link is right there in the show description now, and it's right there as well. You can head on over there and get the performance stack, which is what I recommend because it's not just the Chad mode, but it's also uh, the Action 2.0 and the Tonka Elite, which is proven to boost testosterone. If you use the promo code J50, that's J A Y five zero, you do get fifty percent off. And we will go to the Super Chats now, you guys, if you want to support the stream, do so via the Streamlabs Super Chat function. That link is also in the show description. Um, yeah, I got one, one yeah, comment go before the sure. Chat. Um, you, there you had a, I had something that popped in when you were talking about those movies like Scanner and some of the research and exploration of people who have already been augmented. And one of the guys that's come up in my research on transhumanism is a gentleman out of Oxford called David Pierce, and he promotes a worldview called negative utilitarianism. And he is very open about what they believe is the eradication of suffering and the way that they're going to eliminate suffering. He And I'll tell you, it's it's so wild. He wants to totally end all predation and all, all animals on the planet. And he has been working with what is called intracranial self-stimulation, which is 
generally called wireheading and designer drugs, genetic engineering, that he and some of these transhumanists believe that suffering is something that's going to be antiquated and something that's negative for the human experience. And so you're talking about X-Men and, and super soldiers and all this different stuff. Now, he looks like a massive uh, beta male vegan, but whether he's conscious of it or not, his worldview is certainly promoting and moving into that direction. And a lot of transhumanists are coming out of Oxford uh, in regards to philosophy and promoting these ideals and trying to give them legitimacy. But he wants to use uh, mental augmentation, brain chips, designer drugs, genetic engineering, so that you and I can no longer feel pain or suffering, mental anguish in the same ways that we do, and that this will be augmented so that you'll know that pain is happening, but it'll be a pleasant stimulation. And I just highlight that that is a that is a rewriting of human nature. That's a rewriting of human experience. And as an Orthodox Christian, obviously, suffering is something that is beneficial to our spiritual development. And so you think about a state in the future where let's just, again, speculate that they were actually successful, where people can't experience suffering. Well, if they're in their coom pod and the only thing that they can experience is pleasure, well, that is a sort of prison. That is a total control of the population. And the fact that this stuff is given academic legitimacy and people are openly talking about basically destroying or deactivating the centers of your brain that can experience pain and suffering, um, that's a that's a real thing that's happening. Yeah, this is all over the academic world. People that don't that aren't in academia and haven't been in academia don't understand that a lot of the stuff that we talk about they think is conspiracy nonsense. No, this is all over academia. It's the most prominent universities in the world, like Oxford, Cambridge, MIT. I mean, they're all. I mean, Jeff Stein McEffrey was directly involved in uh, transhumanist uh, research. So right. again, it's just people have no idea. They're totally ignorant. And then when they start looking into it, you know, then they fall into the traps of believing a lot of the, of the gibberish and the nonsense. So, guys, be sure and follow uh, David Patrick Harry over at Church of the Eternal Logos. His channel is linked in the show description. Uh, and we will go to the Super Chats. Uh, you can still put in a Super Chat now. I will read it if you uh, if you do it uh, in, a, in a hurry. You have to use Streamlabs. American Squidward, $2. Thank you for everything you guys rock. Do you think Corey Feldman is a secret good guy or a total psyop? My opinion <laughs> would be that um, I think a lot of people who uh, have gone through abuse and whatnot when they're young, as they get older, there's probably a mix of things. So, I mean, he might be, I think he was genuinely abused. I know a lot of uh, stuff that he said and claimed and whatnot, maybe you know, he was going to make this documentary or something like that. I don't know if it ever got made. He raised money and then it didn't get made. And so I don't know if he's a total psyop. Uh, it doesn't have to be either or. It can be it can be both things, right? Just because somebody's abused, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything they say is wrong or right. It can be both. Right. Um, a sends $10 and says, I love this stream with DPH. God bless, brothers. Thank you so much, A. Appreciate that. Bond Jovi, 1912, 50 bucks. Thank you so much for that fat super chat. Says, this is a great question for uh, for Kotel. <clears throat> Does the Aslan Institute tie into the sports world? I know that some UFC fighters train at Big Sur. I'm just curious if you guys know. I appreciate you guys. Thank you, Bond Jovi. I'll uh, give you my opinion. I have seen some um scant references here and there in MKUltra research that they did try to experiment with people in sports to see if they could uh, improve uh, performance through positive thinking um mm -hmm. 
and I wouldn't, we know that there are, you know, high level sports and Hollywood people are recruited into the CIA at various levels. Um, but as for direct, uh, I'm not sure, but maybe, maybe David knows more about that than me. Yeah. So I would answer that there's an entire, there's a whole section here in the Esalen Institute talking about sports because Michael Murphy, one of his claims to fame is a, is a, uh, fictional book about golf. He's apparently a very much of an avid golfer. And some of these mental techniques that they've developed at Esalen and their use of psychedelics, their use of, again, he's totally tied with the SRI, um, with transcendental meditation, altered states of consciousness, that he's a huge promoter of these techniques being used in the sports field. So if you find anybody that's in regards to professional sports that's in Big Sur, I guarantee you that that's exactly what they're participating in. And so just that's why I love uh, books with indexes. Um, but if you go, if you had this book and you go to the index and look up sports, I mean, there's an entire section because throughout this book, um, Michael Murphy, that's one of his big claim to fame as, as opposed to a McKenna or a Leary or a Huxley. His whole thing is he wanted to inject these ideologies into professional sports. Boom. There you go. Excellent. Thank you. And uh, I need to get that book. What is the book again? It's Esalen what? Esalen, uh, American Religion of No Religion. And it's written by Jeffrey Kripal, the head of the institute there at Rice. Awesome. Smog, $5.48. Would Lofton follow the Pope if the Pope was a xenomorph? And the answer is yes. And the answer is also that the Pope actually is a xenomorph. <laughs> so <clears throat> next up, Mimetic Goat, $10. God bless both of you guys. I'm a new catechumen in the Orthodox Church. I'm a Gen Xer and I'm a former Roman Catholic. This might be anecdotal, but I see a lot of young men or a lot of men looking for Christ. Uh, all the worldly things have been a waste of time and they are demonic. I do think a lot more people are yeah, looking at, you know, they want authentic spirituality. They want an authentic way to root their, their life, their meaning, their telos, their purpose. And it's not going to be in the Roman Catholic Church or the Protestant Church. I think Kotel would agree. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think anybody who has their eyes open uh, knows that the the Roman Catholic Church is certainly moving right along with the globalist agenda at warp speed. So um, I, I think it's going to be coming more and more clear. And, and Father Peter Hears, I spoke on re my channel. He's been very open about he believes in the prophecies of St. Paisios, that orthodoxy is going to go through a golden age. And many people believe what the growth that we're seeing in North America and Western Europe is the beginning of this golden age before again and who knows when the end times is i know it's a very popular to speculate about uh that but uh before it happens many people in the orthodox church believe that orthodoxy is going to go through a golden age of catholics and protestants and, and non-believers converting and so maybe we're at the beginning of that and that's something to be hopeful about wow the super chat winner tonight is bone man 538 who sends a massive hundred dollar super chat thank you so much uh, i will share these super chats with kotel my indigo epigenetics activates at a seven day of my dry fast and requires a thunderstone but i will evolve into luigi orion hydra <laughs> chiron raichu okay i don't get it but it sounds cool and it sounds wild and funny maybe kotel gets it but bone man is always the wildest super chatter so i thank you for his uh, next yeah. level wild super chats, uh, FKS Berg, $5. Thank you for the research that you guys do and all the work that you do. Well, thank you, FKS Berg. So 
Uh, anything you want to leave us with? Uh, anything you got coming up? I've been I've been watching your recent streams. They've been really informative. Um, what's on the plate next? And anything you want to let us know? Uh, the next three streams I have lined up is one talking about the death of meritocracy in the West, particularly the United States, and that I believe a new hierarchy of obedience is being established. And that's the only way that people can compete that can't compete through true meritocracy. And so whether it be the academy, you know, academic academia, whether it be politics, whether it be we've seen uh, many uh, uh, mandates in regards to medical practices after 2020, that it seems like what we're seeing is a transition from meritocracy to a total society of, of um, obedience. And then uh, the Collins brothers will be on Tuesday. And I planned on doing a review of Yuri Bezmenov and some of his ideas and how that might be useful to look at some of the contemporary things in the United States. So those are the next three streams I have lined up. Yeah, I would uh, be sure and look at uh, Mark Hackard's uh, essay on Yuri Bezmenov because a lot of people overlook the fact that if you watch that full talk, Yuri goes on to uh, tout to tout the Skittles stuff. So yep. um, anyway, uh, I want to remind you guys, too, that I have my books in the shop at jasonalysis.com. Head on over to the shop and you get signed copies there. And uh, thank you so much, man. Great.